Coming up on today's edition of Locked on Eagles, we're talking scenarios, the best outcomes that we want to see for the Eagles in the 2023 NFL Draft. You are Locked on Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. We thank you so much for making Locked On Eagles your first listen each and every day. Welcome in Eagles fans to a Thursday edition of the show. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook of the NFL and the Locked On Podcast Network. Make every moment more. Visit FanDuel.com slash Locked On today to get started. Gino, we're talking scenarios today, and I feel like in the NFL draft for the Eagles, normally the best and the worst case scenario that we normally draw up on the show, I wouldn't say it plays out because it's very unpredictable what they're going to do. So what we lay out as an ideal scenario, maybe something similar happens and something else even better we didn't imagine. Like last year, I never thought they would trade for A.J. Brown. So maybe something Mm -hmm. better happens. But I feel like for the most part, the best case scenario that we lay out doesn't happen and the worst doesn't because of the unpredictability of the draft and Howie Roseman specifically. But I feel like it is a good exercise to dive into because I feel like everybody's perspective is different when it comes to, okay, the end of round one, why are you so excited or why are you disappointed? And I I feel like everybody, it's normally a mixed bag, but um, for the most part too, at the same time, I feel like most Eagles fans come away pretty excited about what Howie does. It's just, again, not probably what you drew up, which is maybe a good thing. And he's going to know better than all of us. And as much as we want to play that sideline GM, Howie Roseman has been in that position in the NFL, which is, we probably have no ideas even possible. Again, the Brown exactly. thing last year, uh, my ideal thing was go get Christian Watson. And I had all these different prospects in mind. He's like, no, how about AJ Brown? Look at how many general managers he's outlasted and even taken away the Chip Kelly era and the good that you can get out of that by being in the background and taking that 30,000 foot view and now going back into what becomes a 2017 Super Bowl team to what then would become a bad team again, which now was another Super Bowl team. And Howie Roseman just continues to hit in the draft. And when he doesn't, he comes back and makes a selection or a trade that one-ups his mistake from the last go-around. I mean, look at the Jalen Rager mistake. He comes back, doubles up with Devontae Smith, goes and gets A.J. Brown the very next year. And even in the drafts where you're saying, oh, yeah, that was a Howie Roseman pick, it's at a position that matters in the National Football League. It's not outside of Marcus Smith, which we can't blame on him, right? That that isn't the MO of Howie Roseman to just go and say, yeah, we're going to make the pick that all of the fans think, the B. John Robinson selection. Like, yeah, it sounds nice, right? How many times has he actually done? I mean, in our experience on this podcast, I would say neither one of us saw the Andre Dillard trade upcoming. No, I don't think in 2020 we both wanted speed and we both liked the Rager pick at the time, but I thought I thought they were taking Justin Jefferson. So that was a surprise to me. And we have our live mm-hmm. reactions to prove this. And then I think even in 2021, Devontae Smith was a guy that we both mocked to the Eagles for our lockdown NFL mock draft. But I didn't think Devontae was going to be there when they traded down. And then last year, maybe last year it was, Gino. It wasn't A.J. Brown, but 
the Jordan Davis trade-up might have been the most predictable. I thought the Devontae thing came to fruition after there was that talk that the reason Miami moved up was to go and get Waddle. That was kind of hand-in-hand with what was going on with that trade. And Devontae Smith, come to find out, he's the better of the two, in my opinion, and I think maybe no, the opinion is. of he you is. as well. And you Waddle's go and, great. I mean, yeah, Waddle is great. both top 15 receivers, but I think Smith's better. And the Jordan Davis pick just fits what they do. I mean, he was in yeah. the building when they drafted Fletcher Cox. Why not go out and get a guy who is very similar in stature, can inevitably replace that guy, and is at a position that the Eagles value highly? Because when you're making those top 10 picks, yeah, the idea of adding Bijan sounds awesome. Like, would I love to see him in that backfield? 100%. But for the long term, is a running back going to last you? How many years has Fletcher Cox been in the NFL? Has any running back been That's in the always NFL been my for that point. long? And them not paying Miles Sanders showed me that they're mm-hmm. them taking a running back wouldn't be worth it. So, Gino, I feel like you're right. They take positions that are valuable, that they 100%. value. That the majority of the NFL, when you're a mm-hmm. contender, they value. Like It's very predictable that the Eagles will likely, with three of these picks in the first two rounds, the four in the first three rounds, if they keep them all, at least two are going to be linemen. They take linemen, they take receivers, they mm-hmm. invest in quarterback, anything that has to impact the quarterback in a big way, and also in the secondary on defense. But again, how he goes about getting those players is unpredictable with trading mm-hmm. up, trading down, right. what prospects they are. You never know how, you kind of know what how he's going for, but you don't know how he's going to do it. Yeah, you have the end location of the flight correct but you don't know how many layovers layovers you're gonna have right like you have how many the times end, you just don't you don't have the means yeah exactly exactly 100 it's like having the cake but you didn't have the recipe and it just shows up at your doorstep it's like oh yeah right. we got jordan davis and by how that happened i don't really care and then we turn around and get aj brown how that happened i don't really care that's beyond our best expectation and best case scenario that we could have ever thought about. And going back to these drafts where he has had limited picks, Lou, you look at the 2018 draft, that might be his, his shining class with five picks and all of those guys turn out to be good. Besides that was the Clayton Thorson draft as well. That was 2019. No. Okay. That was 20. Yeah. So no, uh, Matt ne- Pryor was the one bad pick. Okay. But, but that yeah. guy, he's still got value for him down the road. Right. And outside of that, you got four guys that have signed their second contract extension and at positions that they need slot corner, defensive end, uh, left tackle of the future. Those don't just come out of the blue and, and your star guy, tight end in the second round. I don't know if you, without mentioned. a doubt. Well, yeah. you know, that's the exact great representation of this. Again, the best case scenario in 2018 that I drew up, had nothing to do with a tight end. It had nothing to do with, to me, a slot corner or even Josh Sweat, but that panned out to be an incredible class. So I I think that's the point, but I do think it's a good exercise because everybody's best case and worst case is different. What they're looking for in draft night. And for some people, it might just be, Hey, I'm a fan and taking a, you know, and it's a simplified perspective, but I get it. Some people be, might be like, I want them to take a tight end because it's it's more fun. It's an exciting player to watch highlights of all offseason. I want B. John Robinson for that reason. I want to have an Eagles running back in my fantasy team. Some are more intricate about it and said, hey, we need the replacement for Lane Johnson. And what you do in the first round is invest 
in the trenches. That's the smart mm -hmm. way to go about it. So it is different per person. So we are going to get into those scenarios that we like coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. It's a Thursday edition of the show. And guys, today's podcast is sponsored by FanDuel. The NBA playoffs are almost here. I've been watching so much basketball. Stayed up all night yesterday watching Lakers Clippers. Now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sports book, because new customers get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back. If your first bet does not win, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. Then you can bet on everything from the money line to point scores and threes drained. Plus, FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. So don't miss a chance to get your no-sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more Bet on the NBA, the NHL, the NFL, college sports, all that and more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA, the NFL, and now the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Eagles fans, we are continuing on this Thursday edition of Locked On Eagles. Talking about today, Gino, we're, we're going to stick with the positives, the best case scenarios that could play out in the 2023 NFL draft, specifically with those first four picks. The Eagles currently have the 10th overall selection and 30 in the first round. They have 62 in the second round. Uh, what's in the third round? 92 or 94? 94, I believe. 94 in round three. And then they have those two seventh round picks as well. I'm sure a trade down will come and they'll add some extra picks in rounds four through six. I don't think Howie's going to sit on his hands for three rounds. But no for way. now, that's what we're looking at. And so, Gino, before we talk about like ideal scenarios where trades are involved, let's say the Eagles just stand pat at 10, 30, and 62. We'll start with the first three picks in the first two rounds. Who are for that the Gino Camilleri class, like the three players they could take Ooh. that would get you the most excited? And let's not let's remove Jalen Carter, because I think that's obvious. A Will Anderson, mm. Tyree Wilson, like maybe not the top blue chip prospects that are falling, but maybe more realistic. That's the thing, man. It's like, what would be the Gino Camilleri class? Well, it's clearly Christian Gonzalez. Christian Gonzalez, number like, one, on, right? That, that's definitely 10. But if we want to follow what we have been saying over the last couple of weeks, it's like they haven't taken a corner in the first round. In right, but this is your best case scenario. Yeah, and my, how, and okay. how he did mention corner as one of the pillar positions he believes. And they in. are bringing a lot of these guys in. You look at Joey right. Porter taking And again, he, today and he might have took J.C. Horn if he fell a few years 100%. ago. 100%. Last year, if Sauce is there, I think he's considering it. Oh my God. Could you imagine? Like corner, corner to Howie, I don't think is running back or no. linebacker in the draft. But you're right. At the same time, history shows he just hasn't taken Right. Them. History shows, but the Andy Reid model of team building says that he needs two guys it is on involved. the outside. Yeah, and exactly. That's involved. And I think that corner should be on the table. I yeah. go, I, I love the idea of Christian Gonzalez being that number one guy moving forward, but. Devon Witherspoon really intrigues me with the physicality element. Like, could you have that next to Sante Samuel type when it comes to getting the interceptions and at the same time have that come downhill, I'm going to close the gap and, and tackle one-on-one -on -one mentality? You like him over your organ, boy? Are you switching up on the I, I jinx everything in life, Lou. I am anti-jinxing Christian Gonzalez right now and going with Devin, ah, Devin Witherspoon. But at the same time, if they go corner there or if they go corner at 30 or even at 62, I think that is ideal. I think yeah, one of the positions in the defensive backfield, corner safety with one of those first three picks, I believe offensive line has to be 
one of those first three picks. And then either inside or out when it comes to the defensive line, if I, who are those three players for you? Like who who are the three ideal at those spots? Is it, is it Witherspoon or is it Gonzalez? I'm going to go with Witherspoon because I'm going to jinx Gonzalez. I I want telling the jinx though, your plan though, which is, I feel like, no, I I reverse it though. Everything I say comes true. I mean, look at the Metcalf draft. How many times did we mock him to the Eagles? Right. And then, Sure enough, we draft JJ Ortega Whiteside. Sorry, everybody. Right. Brandon Ayak, too, we mocked. Exactly. And he doesn't end up there. And Devontae Smith was the only one we actually got right. Right. But let's go with the cornerback. I think they go corner early there. Yes, I would love the idea of Jalen Carter. That would be great. Yeah, of course. I think Osiris Torrance really intrigues Mm. me. I think right guard has been so well built over the last 20 years that we really take it for granted. If you look at the guys that have played that position and then that one year where they were doing that guard rotation, we're all saying, what is this? It's because guard has been great. And Isaac Sayamalu's departure isn't one that this team is going to take lightly at all, in my opinion, Lou. Would they like somebody that could play both inside and out, play tackle, play guard? I believe so. But you need that guard. I, I think Cam Jurgens is better off just preparing to inevitably take over for Jason Kelsey. Sure. He could play right guard, but why not just pick the right guard of the future? You had Brandon Brooks before that. You love guys that can just get in the trenches, run power to that right side with Lane Johnson. You have all the athleticism in the world on that side. Yeah, I mean, his testing times might not be great, but you look at him on film, you look at him what he did in the senior bowl. He is moving big men from point A to B. And that's what Jeff Stoutland loves. If you are a guy that will get your hands in a good position and he could power you back with Lane Johnson, with Jason Kelsey next to him, I go with that. And then, man, you you talk about the defensive line. I don't know how the board is going to fall to that point. Like who is even there at, at 62 to where you're saying, yeah, we take this guy. I'm fine with any of them that, that sure. happen to make their way down the board because there's a big group class. of those edge rushers. You know, I feel like that I could kind of be okay with any of them yeah, in that a, range. There's a huge group. And a, a lot of these edge rushers too are, are that same like speed rusher type of mold that yeah. you could talk about yeah. getting in that 64 range. But at the same time, Lou, if they don't go defensive line there, it would shock me if I had to pick a fourth option Tight end should be seriously considered. Mm. Yeah, you're you're seriously you're heating considered. up with the tight end idea, especially over the last few weeks. I think people Darnell even I mentioned Washington, that on the show yesterday. Like, I, just, cool I said Darnell Washington at thirty, and it actually excited. A, I think because people saw what Dallas Goddard did in 2018, and they're like, "Did we need to replace Zach Ertz, who was 28, coming off an elite year?" No, absolutely no. not. But look what it did. Uh, for that offense, having that kind of 12 personnel package, when you kept missing on receiver, you had that duo. So, and now that you have the receivers, I, I get the excitement of that taking you over the top. I agreed with you at 10. I wrote down for me, and again, this isn't what's most likely, it's what would be mm-hmm. for Lou DiBiase and Gino Camilleri the most exciting. Yep. I want Devin Witherspoon at 10. I know they have Darius Slay still and James Bradbury, but in two years, this is a red shirt type of Nicobe Dean situation where next year in 2024, you might need a, a new starting corner. Mm-hmm. Worst case, best case scenario, you're going to need one in 2025 in two seasons. And then Devin Witherspoon is ready to go. I want that long-term corner really bad. They haven't for different reasons. They haven't had that guy over the last few draft classes. They've either missed out or 
chosen other positions. I think this is the class to go get one of those guys. It's a mm-hmm. very good and deep cornerback class. So to me, number 10 and my favorite would be Devin Witherspoon, and I'm not trying to jinx that one. I like Gonzalez a lot, but I think Witherspoon's my CB1 right now. And then number two for me, ideally, I want one of those. I don't, of course, you. I would love if Nolan Smith fell or mm-hmm. Kalijah Kansi, but if I can just get one pass rusher on day one, like I'm okay with the speed rusher of a Will McDonald or Felix Nudaikuzoma, who mm. I'm starting to like a little bit more and more um, as time goes on. If I can get one of those edge rushers at 30, I'm a fan. And then at 62, or maybe I move up a little bit, but that we're cheating. We'll talk trades after. If one of those safeties could fall, I don't Brian Branch is not going to, mm-hmm. um, but Antonio, like if Antonio Johnson from Texas A&M could be there or uh, the kid from uh, Illinois, why am I blanking on his name? Sydney, Sydney Brown, Sydney Brown. Sydney Brown. I wasn't even, I was going to I was mad. I was like, how we had him on a mock draft. Sid, on. Sydney Brown, Antonio Johnson. If one of those safeties could fall, if I can get two defensive backs with those three picks, that's ideal for me. I think it's time to invest top picks at those spots because we know how he values them. Mm-hmm. And I want some long-term pieces there. You, you have to believe that they are going to recoup assets in that area. I mean, there's no way oh, they're yeah. going to walk into this season with, with just Edmonds and co- Blankenship. I, I can't yeah, see no. that, Gino. No, 100%. There's no way. I mean, you're going to have to do more, whether it's a trade with one of those top picks to maybe go and get a guy. I mean, we have to call on Jeremy Chin. Like there's, we have to just put out the bat signal. Why would the Panthers trade him though, man? I like he's so good. <laughs> I mean, they have to trade just about everybody right now, Lou. They are in the basement. They are in not a good franchise. As much as you love this team, yeah, but I think the logic of trading good. one of your best young versatile defenders doesn't make sense for a rebuild. It's like the Jeffrey Simmons thing. Why would the Titans trade one of their best young defensive players? Need assets. In a you need assets. No, I, I get it, but you no, I'm with to. you. They they could explore trade for safety mm-hmm. again with corner and safety. Howie has gotten this talent it's he hasn't ignored it he's just gotten it through free agency and trades with cgj last year but i would eventually like him to say i can take one year and at least just invest invest one pick this is my ideal scenario but i'm Mm -hmm. okay with again i understand your point of they're probably going to take an offensive lineman with one of those selections just give me one corner or one safety in the first two rounds or three rounds that's that's really all i'm asking at this point yeah, I mean, you could throw in Jamie Robinson there and Jordan Battle as well. I mean, give yeah. me one of the Bama safeties, I would be okay. Yeah, I would take that. Battle. Yeah, yeah, I would take any one of those guys. And you, and you look at the defensive line, Lou, and how is it going to play out? I don't know. Like, Would a guy like Andre Smith be there from Army, and would the Eagles be willing to take him? He fits that Sam Backer type of role. Maybe if he's there in the, in the third round or the second round and – it's really a new type of draft, in my opinion, because yeah. how teams are willing to take shots on quarterbacks that even present the slightest bit of upside is going to make so much talent fall. Like, if Jalen Carter is there, yeah, you have to take him, right? Would you take a corner if he wasn't there? Probably. So you're going to have to just play the best player available, the best player on the Eagles board. And that's not a bad thing necessarily, especially at 10, Lou, because the rest of the league is playing catch up to where you are. And you have this extreme luxury. You did the show about luxury picks. You have a pick 
20 picks higher than where you are picking normally, and you still have that pick already. So you are just trying to add blue chip prospects, which at the end of the day, I love the point that you made. And heck, Lou, if they did trade up and only walked away with five picks and they got four guys in the top 100 and one guy outside of the top 100 and they got five blue chip prospects. Yeah. As Eagles fans, I think we should walk away very happy with that scenario. I think that's what you should look for in this draft when it comes to expectations, because it's not going to be a quantity draft. You know, even if you mm -hmm. move down, like let's say you traded down from 10, I think the goal there is, hey, maybe Will Levis fell. We're going to try to collect that future first or second mm -hmm. round pick in 2024. That's been the blueprint for these Howie trade downs over the last few years. So this, yeah, this year is going to mostly be about quality over quantity, even if he does try to collect some extra, you know, day three picks. So mm -hmm. I agree with you. I think that's the logic and the mindset they're probably heading into this year with um, for the draft. We've got one more segment coming up next right here on this Thursday edition of locked on Eagles. I want to talk now about the ideal scenario with these first four picks when it comes to position the four positions we want them to take with those picks. That's coming up next right here on Locked on Eagles. All right, Eagles fans, we are wrapping up this Thursday edition of the podcast, and we're talking about scenarios today in a positive way. What Gino and I want to see the most for our satisfaction, the Eagles' decisions at the 2023 NFL Draft, talking about positions if they stand pat, players more so at 10 30 and 62 what's the best trio of prospects we can get that would make us the most excited i think we see eye to eye for the most part there gino when it comes to positions with those four picks in the first three rounds regardless of order i think for me and i don't know if you agree here i mentioned the defensive backs if if i'm coming away with my ideal list of the four positions let's say they're all different you didn't double dip i want to come away with a corner, a safety, a pass rusher, and that could be a defensive tackle or edge, but I want to come away with a pass rusher and continue that a plethora of talent they have up front. And then I would definitely like a lineman that preferably can play both guard and tackle so I can have a right guard now and then a replacement for Lane Johnson down the road. Though That would be my ideal four. As, as fun as it is to have like a tight end or a receiver, mm -hmm. I think that's what I'm looking for this year. Yeah, ideally, I think that that's a great scenario. I just, yeah. I see the benefit of tight end being. I get it. I trust me. I in the it. back of Howie's mind, so much more than safety because we've seen the evidence. Look at that Dallas Goddard selection after a Zacherts career season in 2017 where he wins you a Super Bowl in two huge moments. And you're saying, oh, you already have a top five tight end. No, we're going to double it up. Well, they're picking in a very similar area. Maybe at 30, you trade down and 36, you draft Sam Laporta, let's say. Or I was say is, is Washington your tight end or like if you had to pick one for this team, who is it? Is it Laporta? Ooh, for this team, I, I think Kincaid ultimately goes first. Mm. I think oh, not yeah, to I Philadelphia. Agree. Yeah. Michael Mayer, I think, goes above that. I, I think it's between Laporta. Washington or Musgrave. I, I see want, Washington's name thrown around most for some reason. If you want, maybe it do, is because of the availability. Yeah, the do it all aspect of, of a tight end. Yeah. He could he could block for you as well. I mean, in Georgia, you're going to have to be able to put your hand down in the SEC. Luke Musgrave is just a pure receiving tight end who can basically complement Dallas Goddard to the nth degree. And Sam Laporta is a move type of guy you can put in as an H-back, as an additional blocker for your running back as well, who also is unbelievable in the open field, just 
built like and that is a wrinkle of this offense that they don't fringe. have right yeah absolutely the role yeah mm-hmm. yeah and either all three of those guys would present an instant impact where let's say if you don't draft the right guard and maybe you just draft a pure right tackle or a left tackle that might that guy might not see action for x amount of years right and even a, a defensive lineman they might not see 50 to 60% of the snaps until year three or four in this defense right now, because you still have the Fletcher Cox of the world in there and you still have Milton Williams and Jordan Davis, who you selected last year is how we going to want to say, okay, we can redshirt one guy, but we still need somebody to come in here and could be an instant impact player. But at any position, you would have to say it's probably one of the skill positions where they could get them involved in the offense or in the secondary. And defensive line, I think, is the best way to redshirt because you still can kind of play them without tying a hand behind your back. Right. And Whereas like a, having, a boundary corner, you're not rotating. Right. Like, let's say Zach McPherson was a first-round pick, right? Like, right. He's, he's not getting rotated in if you have James Bradbury and Darius Slay. Exactly. Right. Yeah, exactly. It'll be interesting to see what plays out. You know, the thing is, it could be three linemen and then one <laughs> yeah. tight end or... Who knows? They could take Good, a wide man. receiver. They could go Zay Flowers and totally throw this thing off the rails. But as I think that's we what makes say it we know about Howie. We have no freaking idea. What Again, it's it's what I said the other day in the show. He is predictably unpredictable. Unpredictable. And, yeah, and this I, year, there's fun, so though. much volatility. Like next year, it's like yeah, yeah. Caleb well, Williams you have is going ability this year, Gino, to do whatever you want because there mm-hmm. aren't a lot of dire needs for the short term or really the long term. I mean. There are like secondary. We can't go like three no, more years sure. with where we are at. We need right, right. To, but to like, bring there's not anything like we are about to lose all of our receivers, our entire right. offensive line. Yeah, like corner, and that's why I was adamant about taking a cornerback. But I, I think right now this roster, it looks like long term, it's in a lot better shape than when you came out of the Super Bowl run in 2017, where you're saying we have like a Bingo. year, and then we have to replace like seven different spots. I don't think that's the case with this roster. And that's the perfect cherry on this episode to talk about why 2018 was the way it was and why now we're saying there's not really those needs and you can go into this draft and select whoever you want. And that's most likely going to be the best player available in 17, how we emptied it all. He put it all the chips on the table. Like you got these 30 plus year old free agents that you bring in. Torrey Smith is a one-year guy. Alshon was aging. A lot of these guys were off of the team in the next three, four years. This time around, you're building the foundation, not just from scratch. You're adding an addition onto this house that is already built with the Jalen Hurts of the world, the Jordan Mayaladas, even your Cam Jurgen selections, which are going to pay off in the near future. Jordan Davis, you look at all these athletes they have on the outside. Look at the guys they have in the defensive backfield right now. They're going to be able to get by until you can recoup more assets at that position. And what better time than right now, Lou, when you have the insurance policy of Darius Slay and James Bradbury. They're not one-year Ronald Darby's and one-hit wonder Jalen Mills's. These guys are still performing at a high level to where you can say, we can draft a player that we know might not make an impact now, but when we are continuing to extend our window, which we failed to do in 2017 and beyond, we're going to have a wide open window with the sun shining in for at least 
four to five years under this controlled contract of these guys that you're going to bring in. I'm with you. All right, guys, that's going to do it for today's edition of Locked on Eagles. Subscribe to the podcast on all platforms and on YouTube as well for a show Monday through Friday. And we're talking birds on Twitter even after the podcast at Locked on Birds at GC24 underscore football and at DBLOE. We thank you for making Locked on Eagles your first listen every day. Make sure your second listen now is the Locked on NFL Scouting Podcast with the draft dudes from free agency to the draft, salary cap management, and more. Join NFL experts Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino as they take you through what it's like to build a successful NFL franchise. Every Monday through Friday, you can find Locked on NFL Scouting with the draft dudes wherever you find Locked On Eagles. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading. Thank you for watching and listening. And let's go, birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.